Welcome to the 44th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and SpongeBob SquareHanks, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. How goes it for you? I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm all right, man. I'm all right. We had a long week last week. We did, like, multiple episodes in a row, you know? We did. We did record a lot last week, didn't we? Too many. Yeah, a closer look. We did a quick pickup for the Oscars. Quick pickup. We included it in last week's episode, episode 43. Our longest episode to date? No. Oh, it's not? No, no. We've done two-hour episodes, two hours and 15 minutes. Oh, damn, I didn't know that. Definitely felt like the longest episode. Yeah. Oh, is that a... Wait, are you saying it was a boring episode? No, no, like as in like it felt like we recorded a lot for that episode. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Are you not saying it's a boring episode? I'm yeah, I'm saying it's not a boring episode. I thought it was an interesting episode. I'm biased, though. I'm trying to convince you to sell our podcast, Adrian. I don't know if you can take a hint here, but I, I think it was me. a great episode. I think it was so good. I think we were so insightful, breaking down the Oscar wins, the losses, the upsets, why the Academy is even a thing anymore. Why is it so hard to find the Oscars online? All of these things we covered in last week's episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast that you can find on plenty of podcast services on the interwebs, practically all of them, all the main ones at least. We got Spotify, we got YouTube. We're not on YouTube, so cut that one out. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, freaking other ones, iHeartRadio, all of these podcast services. You can subscribe to us free of charge, and please leave a rating if you are a Apple iPad or iPhone user or MacBook user and you use the Apple Podcast application. really helps us out. I'd very much appreciate it. I'd forever be in your debt, and that's the good stuff, baby. Wow, bravo. Bravo on your marketing skills. Thank you. What did you do this week, Adrian? Anything fun? Uh, no. Actually, wait a second. The last episode... I'm not mistaken, you were talking about getting a COVID test. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? I got it done, Simon. And guess what? What? I apparently don't have COVID. However, I had oh, quite a okay. few of the symptoms. Now, plot twist. My parents both had COVID. Both of them. Both of them tested positive. And you live with them. I do indeed live with them. So I've been self-isolating within this house. I am locked down, quarantined until May the 10th at midnight o'clock. And then I am free to go on May 11th, out into the wild, back to work, back to society. That's super exciting. Wow. Yeah. You can't still can't go to the movie theaters, though. No, I that can't. can't I can't go to the movie theaters, Simon. I don't need you to remind me, pal. It's unfortunate. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm I just sorry. don't really know. Like, I, I've been, uh, I'm going stir crazy. I'm on, what, day five of my 14-day quarantine, and I'm going absolutely bananas. Like, I just, I, uh... I'm getting bored. You can only play so many video games. So much video games. You can only watch so much Grey's Anatomy. Funnily enough, I didn't even work this week, and I watched the least amount of Grey's Anatomy this week. 
So what a twist about that. Why? I don't know. Why is that? I don't know. I was doing other stuff. I was I spent, I guess, more time playing video games this week. However, Grey's Anatomy, weekly update. I didn't finish season 10 yet, but I'm on uh, episode 18. Great show. Great show. They're, I don't know if this is what's happening, but I have a feeling they've introduced a like viral infection into the hospital. So I'm Ooh. curious if this is going to be like a buildup to like a season finale where this where this intense virus is throughout the hospital. It's unfortunate that that is the case. I don't want to watch that right now because this is way this is pre-COVID. This is pre before COVID was even a thing. They were they did this like seven years ago this season. So, yeah. Yeah, it's wild stuff. I know they're doing a COVID season right now, which again, I don't know if I'm going to watch once I catch up. I might just wait until COVID's all over. But uh, great show. I'm still loving it. Great characters. They do some weird stuff. They kill off a character that I didn't expect to get killed off in a very dark way. It's kind of sad. Great show, though. I really like it. I really, really like Grey's Anatomy. It's a good time waster. Well, I'm glad you're having a good time with it. Thanks, man. That's great. Thanks, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, no worries. I, we're recording a little bit earlier uh, than we regularly do today, but I mean, I can still ask you, did you eat anything good today? Uh, Not really, honestly. No. I had uh, English muffins with cheddar melted to the top of it with a salad. That's what I had. Oh. Yeah. That's uh, that's an interesting meal. It's kind of boring. Yeah. What, what brought you to the point? You just, did you like open up the English muffin or was it the full English muffin and you just melted cheese on top? No, yeah, I didn't open it. It wasn't sliced in half. Mm. I just put the, I melted the cheese completely surrounding it. Okay. So that the, the sandwich was the English muffin, like the sandwich meat, like you know how you would oh. say. Oh. It's, it's a salami sandwich? No. This was a English muffin sandwich. And the cheese with, was the bread. Uh, cheese, cheese is the bread. No, of course not, Adrian. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I cut it open and I put cheese on top. This is not that. It's not rocket science here. I was Come just on. curious. I just wanted to know. I just wanted to know, man. I just wanted to know. I feel like you knew the answer. I feel like you knew the answer. You're trying to make a fool of me is what you're No, I'm not. I'm just curious. Speaking of making a fool out of you, you mentioned, oh boy, I think, last week or the week prior that you had some interesting tales to tell about your neighbors. Actually, I didn't. I did not mention that on this podcast. Oh. How are you going to get out of this one, huh? I we don't talk outside this podcast, so you know what are you going to say now? I must have overheard... Uh, you talking to your girlfriend. Overheard us. How, how is that possible? It's COVID. We're not talking to each other. Like, my girlfriend and I live together, but you and I, like, there's no way for us to have crossed paths so that you could hear myself talking to my girlfriend. Uh, it's We're locked down. You left your microphone on. Okay. After the okay. episode finished. Because we don't talk outside this podcast. Never have, never will. That's right. Never have, That's never right. will. Well, it's interesting that you remember that, Adrian. It's interesting that you remember that. There's been developments since that that time in which... I didn't tell you about my neighbors. Um, but uh, yeah, my neighbors kept uh, basically my neighbors. I, I, I talked about actually a couple episodes back, like way back, like in the beginning of the podcast, like the first two months. Yeah, the stop recording. They stole a stop sign, didn't they? Something like that. Correct. Yeah. These same neighbors just so happened to be mischievous pretty much the entire time they've been here. They kind of host parties when they're not supposed to, when we're in lockdown. And they make a lot of noise. But I don't really care that much about noise. I live in a university town. I'm used to it. I don't care that much. But my girlfriend doesn't like one thing. And I don't like it either. But I'm not as, I feel like I, I don't hate it as much as she, she does. And that's fair. But they walk across our lawn and through our driveway when they're trying to get where they're trying to go. And they do this on a consistent basis, like pretty much three or four times a day. 
We have a ring camera, so it picks them up every single time. For me, the straw is, I mean, there was the last straw when they decided to walk across our, our lawn and then pee on our front tree. Mm. They pissed on your tree on camera. Right in front of the camera because it's a ring doorbell. So the ring doorbell just picks up any motion. And they're literally on our lawn. Like, I don't have my camera set so it picks up everything. I don't want it to pick up everything. I just wanted to pick up people coming up to my, my house. Yeah. And so they peed on my tree. You should send that video to the cops and then have them uh, get, have that guy get charged for public indecency. Bam, he's on a sex register uh, list. You just ruined that man's life. How awesome is that? Actually, you, I was looking up that law. That's not a thing. It's not? By the way. You can... No, I don't believe so. I, I could be wrong. If there's any lawyers listening to this podcast, feel free. Write into us. Splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. But I don't believe that is actually a thing you can get charged for unless you're literally naked. Like, the Whoa. guy wasn't naked. His, his penis was covered, as the camera showed. Anyway. Hmm. But I mean, let's be honest. He was trespassing. He's trespassing every time he crosses our yard. But regardless, it was, that was like pretty much the last straw. And then I was really upset about that. But I, I, didn't, I didn't really want... I, the thing is... I've got a history with these kind of people who are very, very, uh, these bro dudes who are just high all the time. And when you tell them not to do something, they end up doing it at full force later on. And so I was like, should I do something? Because this was bad. But where does the line get drawn for me? Because if I cause, if I even go to the police or go talk to them, it could cause more issues down the line. Mm -hmm. And I was really worried about that because, again, I had housemates that were exactly like these people. And those guys, when I told them that they were doing something wrong, they went full force and did more things wrong. And then I had to live with them for the rest of that year in an even worse way than before. Mm. And I would keep nitpicking and bringing things up. I wasn't even nitpicking, honestly. There were legitimate things like don't nail the, our couches together. Like, you know, that's normal stuff. Like, I bought the couches. Don't nail them with a board together. I think that's reasonable. What do you think? I think that's very reasonable. Why the hell would anyone do that? I don't know. I guess they were trying to create some kind of fort. I don't understand, though, because they you actually use a hammer and nails to do so. But anyways, terrible, terrible experience. So this one, I was like, I talked to my girlfriend, and we decided that the next thing they do, we're 100% going to deal with it. Either, the first thing would be to go talk to them. So I was riled up, but I, I realized again, I, I was strategic. You got to pick your battles, because otherwise, you're going to have an issue. Plus, I knew that they were going to leave in a month. Most likely because university's ending, the, the season's ending, semester's ending, and they're going to go home probably. They might not, but we'll find out. Hopefully they do. So I was leaving it. I was leaving it. And then that wasn't the last straw, I guess, because the last straw then was they crossed literally right in front of my girlfriend while I was at work. I was about to come home from work and she was going to move her car so she, we could swap cars. And she goes out and they cross right in front of her on our lawn, like going across our lawn. I, I'm no like Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino, you know, like I don't really care that much that you're crossing your property, but it is, it is tremendously annoying, especially getting a notification every freaking, every freaking four hours, three hours that you're crossing our lawn, which you just, this is just zero respect. Yeah, it, it is just disrespectful at the end of the day. It's like, why the hell are you doing that? It's just not nice. It's not nice. You're right. Thank you. Thank you for your support. No worries. And so they cross right in front of her and she's like, she couldn't help herself. And this is on camera. She's like, can you not do that? Like, can you not walk across our lawn? It was just one guy walking across the lawn. And this guy, and the camera shows this, looked terrified. He was a scared little boy. Scared. Like, he's what, like 20, 19? Mm -hmm. And he looked terrified. Like, he was, and he's like, yeah, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I won't do it again. So you're really scared. And, and my girlfriend calls me. And she's like, 
hey, I, I just, because I was on my way home from work. And she's like, I just told this guy off. I told him not to cross on our lawn every time he's going to the bus stop. And I said, oh, okay, cool. And she's like, yeah, he was terrified. He was so scared. And he, he kept looking down at the ground and he was, he was like very, very frightened, like a scared little boy. I'm like, oh, wow, good job. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I hope this, I hope this isn't like just a show though. Cause I mean, it is a little bit of a worry that there could be retaliation potentially. He's one guy out of the four people who live in that house. And sure enough, she's moving her car. And while she's away from the house, when I get home, I took the camera because I wanted to see the look on his face. But instead of seeing that clip, I see the first clip in the, in the feed, which is actually the guys coming back, walking so close to our front door on purpose and saying some obscenity about my girlfriend as they cross in front of the house. What the hell? Are you serious? Yeah. He did it on purpose. So he basically told his friend as he walked across the lawn, wherever he went, and then they walked back even closer to the front door, which is ridiculous. I didn't hear what they said, honestly. I had no idea. I, I'm assuming it was something very rude mm -hmm. and cruel. And then that was the last straw for me because when I saw that, I was pissed and I was really mad. I got really riled up and I was going to go over there right away. And my, Dawn, my girlfriend, just calmed me down. She's like, this has calmed down a little bit. So then- when I finally went over there, knocked on his door, the guy opens the door who walked across the lawn, lawn that little boy, basically, who was really scared. And he, he looks at me and he's like, actually, he's not that guy. It was the guy who was saying some obscenity, who was like, I guess, supporting his friend who got told off for walking across our lawn. And he said to me, literally, when he opens, opens the door, he says to me, show me your penis. <laughs> I fucking hate people like this. I know. Imagine being so fragile that you get offended because someone asks you not to walk across their lawn. It's like this like sort of privilege. Like obviously his parents are fucking failures and didn't raise him properly and didn't teach him any manners. It's it's so frustrating. I hate shit like that. Sometimes I'm I'm not a fan of violence. But honestly, you should have just beaten the shit at him like you kicked that kid's ass, those kids' ass, um, after the movie theater that one time, remember? I did not. There was nobody's asses. I Dude, I remember that. Yeah, we beat the living. You beat the living crap out of those kids. No, I did not. Anyways, you should have done that again. Is all I'm saying. Hey, regardless, regardless, guy answers the door. He asked me to show me my penis. <laughs> show me his. Sorry, not show me my penis. That doesn't make sense. Show him my penis. Regardless, um, I just look at him. I'm like, okay. Yeah, can you not walk across our lawn? <laughs> That's basically where I went to. By the way, if this was a movie, I feel like you start the movie off with me knocking on the guy's door. He opens the door and the line is, show me your penis. Mm -hmm. that, that's how it starts. And it's like, and then you get some little narration. It's like, but how did we get there? And then you go back in time to the, them walking across our lawn and peeing on the, the tree. Yeah, this is awfully, uh, this is awfully like similar to the uh, movie Neighbors with... Um, Rose Byrne, Seth Rogen, uh, Zac Efron, Dave Franco. I think that's exactly what Don said. Mm -hmm. Don said, yeah, that would be a movie like Neighbors. I'm like, I've never seen Neighbors, so I don't have perspective on it's that. It's a good movie. It's funny as hell. Anyways, regardless, I talked to the guy. He's like, hey, man, can you not walk across our lawn? And he's like, and then the other guy comes out, who's a little boy guy. So not the supportive guy. The 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 guy who looked like a scared little boy. He comes out and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. We won't do that. And I was like, did you know we have a camera in front of our 
or door. So like it's picking you up every time you walk across and it's really annoying every time it gets triggered. So can you please not do this? And most importantly, can you not pee on our tree in the front yard? And the guys suddenly look really shocked because they didn't know there was a camera there, which is idiotic because the ring doorbell camera looks pretty iconic and it's clearly there. It's like there's not like I, it's not a concealed camera. It's literally a doorbell camera that gets tr- maybe they thought it only gets triggered when you ring it. Mm-hmm. That's not true. It is triggered every time someone walks by our lawn, pretty much. We've got a sidewalk in front of our, our house. Like, it doesn't get triggered for that at yeah. all. So, anyways, and they were what shocked. Idiots. They're like, oh, no. So then I said to them, yeah, yeah, just, I'm, I'm asking you to do something. Don't walk across our lawn anymore. Can you do that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have any beef. We don't have any beef. I would shake your hand, but it's COVID. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> now we're going to flash flashback. We're going to flash back a moment. Okay. So when I first, before I went to go talk to them and before they walked across our lawn and my girlfriend said, hey, don't cross our lawn. Before that happened, I couldn't just let it slide. I couldn't just let the peeing on the tree slide. This had to stop. So I wasn't just going to not do anything about it. We thought of a scheme that would be very passive aggressive, extremely passive aggressive. Like the most passive-aggressive scheme you've probably ever heard of to stop someone from walking across our lawn. I have a dog, you see, Adrian. His name is Reddington. And so he poops a lot. And I decided, let's put poop on the lawn exactly where they walk. <laughs> this is a strategy. This is a specific strategy. It's genius. No, thank you. And no one will know. They'll just think we're just kind of some kind of slob people that don't clean up after their dog. We do, by the way. We clean up over after a dog. There's never poop in my lawn. That would be ridiculous. And, of course, I clean up after Reddington's poop on walks, etc. Talked a little bit too much about poop here, but regardless. We always do. We always do. Of course. And so I put the poop exactly where I believe that they walk because we saw, we saw, we had a strategy. Dawn had a strategy. She realized where they walk based on watching this and getting frustrated by it every time she sees the clip of them walking across our lawn. So we put poop in strategic spots on the lawn. <laughs> this, this poop in strategic spots. I like that's it. correct. Okay, that's correct. And so, as he a week later, after we put the poop, or about three days later, the scared little boy is walking across our lawn. He's walking across, and he's wearing Adrian. I kid you not. I couldn't make this up. He's wearing socks and flip flops, which is perfect. It Ugh. is the perfect combination. Yeah, <laughs> and he literally. I don't know. I shouldn't say literally, actually, because I'm not sure he exactly stepped in it. But you literally see him dance around the poo. It's him jumping up and down. It's perfect. It's too bad we don't have video on this podcast because I put the clip here. But he's dancing up and down around the poo because he clearly either stepped in it or he just narrowly avoided it just by the hair on his chinny chin chin. Mm -hmm. And so the strategy here is that when you step in poop, you really don't forget it. And so when you step in poop in a very specific spot... You're going to remember that, and then you're going to tell your friends. You might tell your friends that your neighbors are slobs who have poop in their lawn, but that helps because then they don't cross the lawn anymore. There was way less crosses of our lawn after that, way less. And we're like, this worked. Because we saw that clip, and we were like, yes, we did it. We still kind of wanted to catch them stepping on it again, so we kind of just left it there. So now fast forward back to that conversation I had when I knocked on their door. The guy's like, yeah, it's fine. We won't cross your lawn, but can you clean up after your dog? And I'm like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, there was dog poo on our lawn. And I'm like, you, I'm like, you did hear that I just said that I have a camera in front of my house, right? 
He's like, yeah, what does that have to do with anything? By the way, these guys were clearly stoned. There was no question in my mind that they were stoned. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. It was just not. It was unquestionable. He's like, "What does that have to do with anything?" I'm just asking you to clean up after your dog. Like, I almost stepped in in poo on our lawn, and and I can smell it from my front door. And I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" I think you're talking about the poo that's right in the front of the at the base of the tree. I just hadn't cleaned it up yet. He's like, "Is that the poo you're talking about?" He's like, "No, no, it was on our lawn." It's like, I just narrowly missed it. And he did the dancing move that's literally on camera to imitate the fact that he just narrowly avoided stepping in the poo. And I'm like, no, I, I caught you literally almost stepping in the poo on camera, man. That was on camera. I, I let that go, though, because, you know, I didn't want to give away that I put poop in front of the, in front of the tree. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that was my passive-aggressive my passive aggressive attempt at trying to get them to not walk on our lawn. But in the end, we came to a bro agreement. We came to a, a, an elbow bump bro agreement. And those bros will not be walking across our lawn again. Again, In fact, they have not crossed our lawn one time since I told them about the camera and told them not to do so. And I was nice to them at the end. I was like, yeah, no, we're all good. We're all good, right? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, we're good. I don't want any beef. I'm like, okay, good. That's great. Sounds good. I have a great day. We even introduced ourselves just to be clear that we are bro partners in this agreement to not walk across our lawn. And for me to clean up after the dog, which I'm like, I'm so sorry about the poop. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Honestly, I'd rather kill myself than ever make a bro agreement like that. I would just burn down the goddamn house. You can't. It's not worth it. Arson charges a lot more than peeing on a tree, unfortunately. I wouldn't, so get, I, I just, I wouldn't get caught. Anyways. Yeah, well, that's fair. You never know where cameras are, apparently, <laughs> even when they're extremely obvious and in your face and say camera on them. So <laughs> that's so ridiculous. That's a wild tale. I'm glad that they yeah. haven't walked across your lawn anymore, though. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate your support. Appreciate your support. No worries, yeah. man. We'll see how it goes. I think they have left, though, because there's uh, this is moving week here at uh, at Guelph, Ontario, Canada. And so a lot of people are moving with U-Haul vans and white unmarked vans pretty much all week and i think they left already i'm not sure for sure Hmm. but one can hope one can hope because i just don't want any drama i really just don't want the drama and i really did think they were going to retaliate and they did it exactly as i thought they would although the camera really eased the whole situation i think the camera was a threat enough that they realized this is not a good idea because then bylaw gets involved then maybe they find that stop sign that they have somewhere somewhere stowed away you never know you never Mm -hmm. know don't steal stop signs, kids. It's dangerous. Don't walk across people's lawns. Yeah. There's literally no point in walking across someone's lawn. I know it seems, I mean, people are kind of, I don't know, that's almost like an old-fashioned thing from like the 60s to like the 90s. But it's still a thing. Like people don't want you walking across their lawn unless you need to do so. If you need to get to the door or something, that's no problem. But like there's no point in crossing on someone's lawn every single day. I mean, I, I am I an old man, Adrian? Is that what this is? Am I just old? Yeah. I'm older than you. You are, but I agree with you. So maybe I'm old too. Get the hell off my lawn, you gosh darn idiotic kid. Yeah. Screw yeah. you. Don't pee on, definitely don't pee on someone else's tree. Yeah, or, or I'll pee on you. No, no, that would that would be a sex offense, I feel like. That would be problematic. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't do that. I won't. Definitely don't pee on other people as well. But Adrian, moving on, we've, we've spent a long time not talking about film and TV. So let's move on to our mailbag. Let's reach into that mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. 
So my brother Oliver wrote into us specifically to talk about uh, what we asked him last week, which was, did he like season eight of Game of Thrones? Because he talked about Game of Thrones last week in his his mail, his his email to us. And so this is his follow-up email to answer the question of, did he like Game of Thrones? And he said, hi, I think season eight of Game of Thrones was okay. I think they should have put a season in between seven and eight for reasons that are too long to list here. But yeah. The last season was good, save for the actual ending. It's a weird time jump and weird choices regarding certain characters taking on certain roles. I'm trying not to give anything away. I agree. Certainly, that could have been improved. The winter was never that big of a deal, and that seems strange, given that it seems to be as imposing and as dangerous as the White Walkers themselves, at least in the way that people speak of it at times. Anyways, that's my two cents, signed Oliver. Adrian, thoughts on this? Uh, no, I agree 100% with what Oliver's saying. I, I'm honestly in the same boat as he is. I think, yeah, season eight's pretty good. Like, it's okay. Uh, I definitely feel like it was rushed, and I would have loved to have that extra season. That would have been awesome, um, where they could, you know, just expand upon uh, this this world that I guess is already expanded upon, but now we don't have to rush to a conclusion. Um, and then I, I do 100% agree they, that that weird time jump at the end the more i think about the last season of game of thrones like i am quite disappointed by it but again i don't think it's awful yeah i i agree mm-hmm. i agree with both of you i just think it's it was rushed and they were running out of actor contract contract ex- or not contract extensions but they're running out of contracts for these actors and they didn't seem to want to renew them which is odd because now they're making so many more seasons of game of thrones i guess they just didn't want to pay these actors more money it seems like that's what it is. It's it's so unfortunate because, again, it's such a popular show and they should have just finished it, right? Mm-hmm. But um, they kind of cut corners, it seemed like. But again, not a terrible season, just not nearly as good as the first seven. So yeah, moving on to what we have been watching this week. Adrian, what have you been watching this week? I, I for one, have not watched much, just to get that out of the way right away. I've not watched too much. I've watched a little bit more of Superstore. Have you watched anything uh, good or of note? Um, so I watched actually two things. I I, re- I forgot about something that I watched. That's a little bit ridiculous. I'll start off uh, with that. It's a Netflix original show called The Circle. Have you heard of it, Simon? Uh, the show The Circle. Yeah, the show they, The Circle. Uh, you know, not based on that ship movie The Circle. That's based on. Probably an okay book called The Circle. To be quite honest, I can't believe that you would ever watch anything with the name The Circle because of how much you hate the movie The Circle with Emma Watson. Yeah, yeah. That, I Honestly, I thought the same thing. However, this The Circle is very different. And it's different because it is a Netflix original reality TV show. Oh. Yes. Why did you watch that? I have jumped into the world of reality television because... Well, I'm apart from my girlfriend, obviously, and, you know, I just want something to talk about. So uh, she was watching the first season, so I decided to watch the first season. The circle, the premise is eight individuals get put into, like, an apartment building, essentially, each with their own, like, rooms. They'll have, like, their, like, a you know, full, like, kitchen, bathroom, shower, all that, their room. And the only form of communication between these eight people is this social media platform that was created for the show called The Circle. And every individual that joins the show creates their profile. And the only way they can talk to these people are through chat boxes that are like voice activated. 
So they have to be like, okay, circle right into the circle chat, which is like the main group chat. Oh, hey, how's everyone doing? Or they can do like private messages with one another. And the point of the show is essentially you want to last until the end and be the most popular person on the show. So people at the end of, you know, these like cycles get to choose who the most they they rank each individual person uh, within the circle and they're ranked, you know, one through eight. And the winners, the top two get to essentially choose who to vote out of the circle. Isn't this and just like Big Brother? Kind of, but it's they don't actually meet up in person at all until, of course, one of oh. them gets voted off. And that person has a choice of meeting one person within the within the circle. The interesting part about this show as well, since nobody's actually talking, like using their words or seeing each other, there are people that can be catfishes. So a dude is essentially just playing his girlfriend as an example and, you know, like talking to other people in the chat. And he's uh, it's pretty funny because, you know, some of the guys are like hitting on her. And he's like, oh, man, this is fucking gross. Like people are hitting on my girlfriend as I'm being her and stuff like that. And it it's actually really funny and a very enjoyable, easy watch. I think you just like reality TV, but you didn't realize it. Maybe so it looks like maybe it's possible, Simon. I, I'm not even going to deny that it might be possible. I've never really gotten into reality TV prior to this. I haven't watched any reality TV shows, really. Um, but this is the first one that I'm actually kind of into and having a good time. I watched the entire first season and season two is currently on Netflix as well. I'm watching an episode every single day, like with FaceTime with my girlfriend. So we just watch it and then talk about it after. Nice. And um, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's funny. It's funny as hell. And it's a cool, like interesting premise and people pretending to be who they're not or being just genuine people. They, um, you know, it's corny and and it has those like typical reality TV tropes and stuff like that with like the drama and the jump cuts and a lot of like, you know, people just talking about like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just a genuine person. You know, these monologues and everything like that. But uh, it's a good watch. It's funny. I really enjoyed uh, the first season and I'm enjoying season two so far as well. But yeah, that's a that's a, a little recommendation. If you just want something easy to watch, that's a funny reality TV show. 13 episodes, I think, in the first season. Cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, just a something different, a little different recommendation to offer because we always just talk about regular like TV and movie stuff. I thought this would be an interesting thing to bring in. Do you have any interest in reality TV shows? In general? Uh, I mean, I can. I don't hate reality TV shows. I used to watch So You Thinking of Dance as an example. I oh, yeah, it. I did watch like American Idol back in the day. I didn't really consider that. Yeah, and like, yeah. dude, like cooking TV show, like, you know, like uh, Top Chef or. Oh, yeah. Or uh, I love Iron Chef. I used to love watching Iron Chef. So like, yeah, I've watched lots of reality oh, TV shows. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I don't watch that many anymore because I don't have cable. It's a little different now because there's these reality TV show episodes on streaming, which is interesting. Like this is a Netflix original show so yeah a little different now but. yeah these i think the second season came out weekly on netflix which is a little bit of a different thing right right mm -hmm. cool have you watched anything else yeah i uh finished the last or the season finale of invincible the first season Ooh, and how was that it is phenomenal this show is everything i wanted and that's Honestly, it it is everything I wanted and more. Honestly, I could not imagine a better job being done than what they are doing currently. Bring the invincible like graphic novel to life on the big screen, or I guess on the 
silver screen. I'm really, really loving this show, and it's so cool what they're doing with the story. They're po- they're following the comic book fairly accurately, honestly, uh, f- like very faithfully following the main story beats, but they're expanding on so many little things and they're adjusting a couple things here and there, um, you know, uh, to like better, uh, they change like one of the characters race as an example to better match the voice actor, but little things like that. And it is just such a amazing, unique superhero, like cartoon show that I can't recommend enough with an absolutely stellar voice cast. Uh, Sandra O oh, honestly might be my favorite addition in this, maybe because I'm just loving Grey's Anatomy so much and she's a main character in that, but she does such an amazing job bringing Debbie Grayson, which is the main character's mother to life. Uh, they expand upon her character probably the most in the show in comparison to the graphic novel. And I absolutely love what they do with her. They make her, uh, they, they just flesh her out more than they did initially, at least in the invincible graphic novel. And I'm really, really loving it. I think it's, absolutely phenomenal they renewed it for two more season which uh, two more seasons which makes me ecstatic and i cannot recommend this show enough it is not for the faint of heart um i don't recommend watching it with your kids i do want to say that it is definitely yeah it's not a not a sunday morning cartoon yeah it's definitely although it is very cartoony and bright and colorful it is not made for children so i do want to get that out there um it does deal with some serious subject matter and everything like that. So I, I do want to be clear about that. But again, I cannot recommend the show enough. It's everything I wanted and more. Um, and again, I'm just so excited for more people to experience this awesome story that was, you know, written on pen and paper um, now and just on TV. Indeed. Yeah. I've watched five episodes, I believe. Ooh. I have not finished it just because I fell behind with all the Oscar movies we had to watch. And then, this week with all the editing I had to do for the episodes, I just didn't have the time, mm-hmm. unfortunately, to watch the ending. But yeah, I definitely intend to. I'm loving my experience with it so far. It is really, really quite good. It's a cartoon for adults, essentially, much like Rick and Morty, I suppose, uh, except it's about superheroes. And it's done in a way that's kind of never following necessarily the status quo of what a story like this might follow. It's doing some original stuff, which is brilliant. Yeah. I agree with you. The voice cast is phenomenal. Yeah, the one thing um, I do want to add is that, yeah, the show is very original, even though it's, you know, using some familiar themes and uh, there is no status quo in this show. The show just keeps on. Sorry, the, the 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 Invincible series, I guess I should just say, is a series that keeps on moving forward and never really wavers in the direction that it's going. Um, so I'm really excited that, uh, again, more people get to experience that by watching it on TV because there's just so many surprises and it's one of the most unexpected series I've ever read, to be fair. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I'm excited for you to finish it, man. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Let's move on to the news, shall we? Okay. Oh. No. Psych. Oh. <laughs> I got you. I thought you were going to cooperate for once. Come on, Adrian. Come on, bud. I never cooperate. <sighs> All right, then. But you know who does? Melissa McCarthy. Hey, it's me again. Oh, no. Famous actor. <laughs> Just kidding. It's me, Adrian still me wait what okay so it's never it was never melissa mccarthy or it was always melissa mccarthy so you're acting like you were melissa mccarthy as adrian as melissa mccarthy 
So basically, you were just doing a terrible Melissa McCarthy impression? No. That's insulting to Melissa McCarthy, Adrian. No, it's and not. it's disrespectful. How dare you? You were the one that disrespected her multiple times. I stood up for and Melissa. And I apologized. And I apologized, okay? Where's Melissa McCarthy now, huh? She's not with you. She's not in the room. She's not on this feed. I know for a fact. She was last time, though. She was last show when she came onto the show and... Pretended to be you again. What spot on impression of you, by the way. Spot on. I, I know she is phenomenal. How well she's just an incredible actress. She is. She is. Yeah, I'm not arguing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not arguing that. Let's begin with a small collection of more focus stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as website Variety notes, the live broadcast of the 93rd Academy Awards unfortunately hit a new low for overall viewership, according to ratings statistics company Nielsen Ratings. Nielsen Ratings claims that the viewership dropped 58% from last year's viewership numbers, with a total of 9.85 million people tuning into the 2021 event. This year's pandemic-influenced Oscars were certainly unique, with the ceremony being held at Union Station and Dolby Theater in Los Angeles, California, featuring maskless, COVID-tested, and vaccinated nominees. Ultimately, it is important to note that Nielsen Ratings does not reflect viewership via online streaming. Adrian, what did you think about these crazy ratings drops? It's insane. It is absolutely insane. One thing that I have noticed online is that people aren't taking into account that it doesn't include um, like streaming viewership. But honestly, I'm curious as to how many, like what that percentage is, like how many people are actually streaming it, considering how fucking hard it is to stream unless you already have a freaking cable package. Um, right. And so I almost said that a little sarcastically, like, this is insane. I almost think it's more insane that it's that difficult to stream it and less insane that the ratings have dropped. Mm-hmm. It's a pandemic. No one can go anywhere. The idea of the Oscars of this lavish party during this crazy year that we've had, eh, I can get why the ratings would have dropped. But also, the numbers cannot be reflecting properly because streaming services, like the one I watched, I was watching... Uh, Rogers Ignite, I don't think was counted. Unless I'm mistaken, I was noticing on NBC, they, they pointed this out specifically, like social media and uh, stream, anything online was not counted, I'm fairly certain, for these ratings numbers. But that just makes me believe or think about this and think, why why wouldn't this rating, why wouldn't Nielsen ratings have adopted by now to be really reflecting statistics for online streaming way more than it already has cable is dying and that i feel like is that not a fact am i insane no you're definitely not insane isn't this viewership number statistic just a representation of the fact that people are not watching these events or anything really as much on cable as they are on streaming services i don't have cable yeah man same here i know I, I think you're 100 right it's a backwards ass like system i don't think they're they're just not adopting it fast enough they're falling behind to to kind of put this into like contrast i think people are still very intrigued with awards shows i think people just naturally like awards shows and i think a prime example of this i'm going to pull up a couple of facts or a little statistic here the game awards as an example that aired last year 2020 it's it was a live stream so not on cable that award show brought in 80 Three million viewers, quite literally nearly nine times the amount of what the Oscars brought in, because 
again, people are interested in gaming. Obviously, it's a huge, you know, it's a huge media. And that's why we're getting so many like film and TV adaptations of video games. But again, it's about ease of access. I literally could I, I could just open YouTube and watch the Game Awards. That's how I watched it for the past five years. And I did not have that luxury watching the Oscars. And I think that is what's going to be the Oscars downfall. If they don't adopt this online platform quick enough, they're going to fall behind and it's going to be a dead award show. I mean, 9.85 million people. That's not a small number. That's still a lot of people. But when you compare that to the Game Awards, 8.3, sorry, 83 million people or hell, even just the Oscars last year at 23.6 million people. That's freaking nuts. That is absolutely nuts, and uh, I still can't wrap my head around how they just don't get it. Again, just, you can monetize this so easily. Release the Oscars as a streaming option for, hell man, 30 bucks. You know, like, this virtual ticket to the Oscars, you pay 30 bucks and then you can stream it live. You don't even need that. Disney owns ABC. ABC hosts the Oscars every year. Put it on Star. Put it on Hulu in the United States. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Like, why can't you get this shit together? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I mean, again, uh, Disney doesn't shy away from doing premiere access. You could, they could easily just do premiere access for the Oscars. It's a little bit of a different thing as well, because it's a live show that you, again, need a cable package for. So it, if you do that, that makes a little bit more sense. I can actually kind of wrap my head around that. But yeah, it's, it's just so odd. I don't condone the premiere access. I don't think that's a good spot for it. But imagine $25 paying for that. I could just get it on Rogers Ignite. I don't know. It's it's because again, you're already paying for the streaming service. Just give it for free because you already own the property. That's more what my speed is. Yeah. On this, but no, I I get that. But again, like if you can't access it otherwise, like there's no way to access it with a like if you don't like you can't if you don't have Rogers, you you don't get Rogers Ignite, right? Am, am I wrong about that, or is Rogers Ignite your internet package? Um. Oh, somebody. Yeah, somebody in my family has Rogers Ignite, and so therefore I was able to get the Ignite yeah. streaming app. Okay. Yeah, that, that was my confusion. Yeah, temporarily. I've only, I only use it once per year. I struggle with this every year just to find a stream for the Oscars. And my brother was nice enough to give me access for, for the evening so I could watch the Oscars. What a good man. You couldn't, literally didn't find it at all, though. And the, the no, fact I did find that it. Your, your, number, your number, though, your, you as a person who watched it is not recorded at all. Yeah. It's zero. Yeah. At least my number is recorded, theoretically. They know that an IP address in Guelph tuned into Ignite to watch the Oscars. But I don't believe that, from my understanding, that is reflected in, in the Nielsen ratings. Mm. So it's like one of those weird things that it's not reflected in there because they didn't have, they don't have the infrastructure to somehow calculate that. I, I don't I don't get why this is so behind. I, and every time I think about Nielsen ratings, I, I get confused as to why they're not adopting. Again, streaming is the future. And I think that if they put it on Disney Plus as well, maybe the problem is they're worried about it killing cable subscriptions, killing ABC as a network mm. that people will tune into. So they don't want to they don't they want to make it possible or enticing, I should say, enticing for people to want cable. Yeah, I guess that's a good point, but I don't want cable for one event a year. I know. It's a little silly. Because the Golden Globes ref refresh me. Like you could just watch that online, right? There was an online stream for the Golden Globes, correct? No. No, How I didn't watch the Golden Globes. Did you? I thought we did, didn't we? I didn't. I couldn't get them. Oh, it's the same yeah. problem every year. Or was it the Emmys? Am I thinking of? I'm, I'm thinking. Of the I used Ignite, man. You watched it at my house. Uh, we were silent, of course, because yeah. we don't talk about this course, podcast. Never. And that was when the pandemic had really simmered down a little bit in Ontario. 
And so we watched it on Ignite. I, I got access to the same thing. I guess it's two, I guess it's two events per year that I watch. Oh, okay. So even that, oh, I didn't know that. That's so foolish. Why haven't they adopted, at the very least, if they're keeping track of the numbers of people streaming on Rogers Ignite and everything, why wouldn't they just release those numbers as well? I don't know. And I don't know exactly what version of those numbers are included. But again, the NBC article that I was reading was saying that the Nielsen ratings doesn't include online streaming, which I imagine they mean you're not even on abc.com. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know what that means because that is online streaming. So I, I don't think it includes those numbers either. It, I don't know, man. They're they're slow. It's a slow adoption of this concept of streaming is here, but streaming is here. Like this isn't like for me, streaming is not killing the theater industry or it doesn't have to, but it will kill the cable industry. It should be already dead. There's there's no real, in my opinion, there's no real reason why people shouldn't be getting everything a la carte. Everyone should be able to just go to a buffet table, watch what they want to watch. They want to pay for a stream of the Oscars. They should be able to go on iTunes and pay $20 for the stream of the Oscars. It's just... It's just silly. We're again. We're we're already here. The, the 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 age of streaming is here already. It's like people come in to buy a TV off of me, and they say, uh, "I don't want to buy 4K. There's not any 4K content." No, 4K is here. You're just slow. Mm-hmm. Just just get on it. Like you you have a 1080p TV from 10 years ago. That's that's old now. Like 4K TVs are the future. They are the present. Um. So. I don't know. It's it's a strange situation that we're in. The Golden Globes, I don't watch year on year because I don't want to have to go through that hassle more than twice a year. It's usually for me the Emmys and the Oscars, and that's it. Forgot about the Emmys. You make a good point, but we we also used Ignite, Rogers Ignite, to watch that as well. I had my laptop hooked up to my TV, and that's how we watched it. Hmm. Yeah, nuts. It is. Let's move on to number two. As online news site Deadline reports, Leonardo DiCaprio's production company Appian Way has won a bidding war for the rights to make an English-speaking version of the Oscar-winning Best International Film Another Round. As the rumors go, Leonardo DiCaprio is planning on starring in this version as the lead, a character originally inhabited by actor Mads Mikkelsen. The original film was directed by Academy Award-nominated director Thomas Vinterberg and follows four high school teachers in Denmark who experiment with keeping their day-to-day blood alcohol level consistently above 0.05. Adrian, what do you think of this purchase by DiCaprio's company to make an English version of another round? I kind of think it's unnecessary. What are you thinking? Well, Simon, I think it's incredibly unnecessary. What the hell is the point of this? I just don't understand remaking a film I, I I don't know. I always I, I I'm of two minds. I'll be honest with the American remake of so many popular properties, you know, because of the American remake, we got the office, which is amazing. I love the American version of the Oscar. Uh, sorry, the office. I think it's a better version of the UK version. But more often than not, these American remakes don't really lead to much. It's it, it's it's purposeless. What is holding you back from watching another round and just turning on subtitles. I people have such an aversion to read that I just I find it kind of ridiculous. And on top of that, if you are going to make an English version, just bring Mads back. Have him play the exact same character because I don't think anyone can do it better than him. And uh yeah, he did a really good job in that movie and yeah, it it, it did strike me as as odd that they would recast him, I guess. But then there's kind of no point in remaking it if you're not going to remake it completely. I feel like they're going to just do it completely for American audiences. It's yeah. not just going to be in English. They're going to change some of the plot elements, but do the same basic 
skeleton of what another round was, maybe name it a different name. I don't know. It could be okay, I guess. I just don't, this is too soon. Is this going to come out in a year, two years, three years? Like make it 10 years, I'll be good with it. But I just think that this is a fantastic movie. And if you're holding off to watch it, to watch this English version, which may not even be good, no, watch another round starring Mads Mikkelsen and directed by Thomas Vinterberg because it's amazing and you'll get used to the subtitles in the first five minutes as I tend to always do anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. This It just seems such a weird thing. I I forget what show it was. I think it's Broadchurch that like stars David Tennant. Yeah. And then I think they did like an American remake that's called Grace Point or something like that. And David Tennant sure, sure. is the main character of that show as well which I always found weird because I think it follows the story fairly similarly. I think the grace point thing obviously just takes place in a different part of the world, but I'm, I'm 99.99% sure David Tennant is the main character of both those shows. And he plays the exact same character. However, it's not in like the same universe as far as I'm aware. It's like an actual remake. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, I guess that would be a little bit odd, but that's especially weird because just both versions are in English. Um, yeah, I just again, I can't really wrap my head around this sort of stuff. Again, I've I've made the argument for video game adaptations. You don't think they're necessary, whereas I think they you know, I, I can now share these stories with like people that don't play video games, as in my parents. But again, anyone can watch this movie like realistically, I'm hoping most people are able to read Um of course, like if we're in, in these in, in our you know first world nations, unless, of course, maybe you have dyslexia or whatever. In that case, OK, I totally understand. But it's I don't know. It just seems pointless. It just seems very pointless. And I am I'm not really for this. Do you think it's actually going to get banned or do you think this is just one of those properties that were purchased and we're not going to get anything from it? Oh, it's happening. Yeah. There's a bidding war for this. And apparently Jake Gyllenhaal's company was also in the running to pick up the rights as well. Mm. And it's just, just so happened that Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's company, Appian Way, won the bidding war. Mm. So it, it's happening. It's, it's going to happen. I, I feel like you wouldn't have a bidding war over something and then it not be made. And this was prior to the win at the Oscars. This was apparently this the bidding and the interest behind another round and making the English version of it was... Uh, was hyped for a little while so, because they saw how great that movie was. Well, that's good. At least, like, at least it wasn't some sort of impulse buy because it won at the Oscars and like, oh, now we got to make an American version of it. It's more so. Well, they- it was winning lots of awards throughout the awards season that weren't the Oscars. So I guess, it, yeah. I mean, you could perceive it as an impulse. How can you perceive it as an impulse buy though? You just have to watch the movie and realize how great it is. Yeah, you're right. It is an amazing movie. So I feel like, like, regardless of whether it won an Oscar or any award, it is very entertaining and. Worth the listen. Mm-hmm. Worth the watch. Sorry. Now I'm saying listen for movies. <laughs> worth the watch. Worth, worth the seeing of it. Worth the seeing. Not listening. It's not a podcast called Another Round. I anyway. want you to see and listen to the movie. Me? Me too. Independently of Me one too. another. And read those subtitles. Mm-hmm. Read those subtitles. Now on to number three. <gasps> As Deadline reports, Arrival and Shadow and Bone screenwriter Eric Heisserer, alongside his wife and Netflix's The Punisher producer, Christine Boylan, are adapting the World of Darkness universe to TV and film. World of Darkness is a universe spun off of a tabletop role-playing game called Vampire the Masquerade and includes the vast expanse of stories from tabletop role-playing games Werewolf, The Apocalypse, Mage, The Ascension, Orpheus, and Hunter, The Reckoning as well. 
World of Darkness properties have also been adapted into video games by various developers and publishers over the years, with Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 planned for release sometime in 2022. When asked about having the ability to dive into the universe by way of the big and small screen, Heiserer said, quote, The legacy of these stories is way ahead of its time, inviting issues and perspectives other games ignored. This feels like the next step for the genre, unquote. Adrian, World of Darkness, what are you thinking? Ooh, well, Simon, I think this is kind of interesting. I mean, I'm a big fan of, like, vampires and werewolves and stuff like that. I feel like, this might be ignorant to say, but I feel like we don't get all that much of that stuff anymore. I feel like everything is so superhero-focused and zombie-focused these days that we've just kind of veered away from vampires and werewolves. Um, And I'm glad that we're kind of bringing it back to center stage, or at least I'm hoping Eric Heisser can do that his show shadow and bone which is a netflix original uh tv series it's very well rated um i'm actually kind of curious i'm i'm tempted to step into it it looks like a super fun fantasy sort of world initially i thought it was some sort of random like teen teen book drama thing which it is but it's apparently done incredibly well and 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 well rated and i didn't know that he wrote arrival which is an unreal movie. That movie is so freaking good. So I feel like this is in good hands. Uh, for sure. Eric Heiser has been around. Like he's wrote, wrote more than a rival. Like he's bird box. He's lights out. Oh, he's, oh, I no, love he's, lights out. I know he's so good. There you go. He's a screenwriter behind a lot of things. Shadow of bone has certainly come to the forefront now, but that's, yeah, he's a pretty well-known guy. And I, I, I am interested to see anything that he makes. I'm maybe not as invested in a, TV show like Shadow and Bone because I have no context. It is getting very well reviewed. So, I I mean, if I have the time, I'll probably check it out. It's on Netflix, so it's not that hard to access. Yeah. Yeah, my lover's currently watching it and she's really liking it. My my brother has read and he owns a lot of these role-playing game books. Oh, really? If I'm not mistaken. I mean, I'm sure he's listening to our show and he could correct us if that's not not the case, but I'm fairly certain... He once showed me Mage the Ascension. He doesn't, he's not, never played any of these, but the, the lore behind a lot of these, well, he's played some of them, I think, but he, the lore behind a lot of these, though, is pretty interesting and it's, they're well built systems in the way that they're designed. So I think that's why he's a fan of, of this universe, I think. Mm-hmm. He had a Vampire the Masquerade video game way back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, or maybe it was the early 2000s as well. And uh, it was like a computer. PC based game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is a, an interesting realm to dive into. I'm kind of curious what this ends up being. Is it going to be mostly TV shows, movies? How far will it go? It's another universe, I guess, like the MonsterVerse or the Dark Universe or whatever that we're going to hopefully get. And hopefully it will be more consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely. I know they released like Werewolf the Apocalypse, uh, like a video game recently, which was just torn apart by reviewers. It looked like a goddamn PS2 game, just an absolute mess. And uh, I know they've been like they kept on pushing back Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, too. So it's nice that they're trying to bring this universe to the forefront and, you know, expand upon it in like TV and movies. I'm curious what network might pick this up. Uh, I mean, obviously, Eric Heiser now has a relationship with Netflix, curious if this is going to be like a netflix series of movies or tv shows um or if it's Uh, streaming for sure yeah whatever it is i believe it will be streaming i could be wrong but i mean maybe it's going to be hbo but i I feel like i guess hbo is kind of streaming now with hbo max but i I feel like netflix or amazon prime are primed to pick it up 
Yeah, I'm curious who the like who owns those like rights to it. I guess Eric Heisler. Um, uh, I don't think he owns the rights. No. Yeah. Like he, he does. He co-owns a production company with his wife, uh, Christine Boylan, and so they scooped up the rights to dive into this universe. But I'm fairly certain it's co-owned or owned slightly by the video game company. Hmm. Actually, interesting. In some way, they own the rights. It's Paradox Interactive, which I I don't know that publisher is that the publisher doing Bloodlines too, like um, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines too. Yeah, Paradox is the publisher for Bloodlines too. And has owned the licensing rights to the Vampire the Masquerade tabletop game since 2015, as well as a 33% oh, stake in Hardsuit Labs. I assume Hardsuit Labs is the developers and they're the publisher. Interesting. Right. Okay. Cool. Cool. I'm excited for this and most things that Eric Heisterer brings to the table. So it should be should be neat. I'm invested. I'm in. Alrighty, now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as Variety reports, a Flintstones animated sequel series is in development at Fox with Elizabeth Banks set to star and produce. Oh, this is cool. Right on. Probably won't watch it. Number two, as reported by Variety, actor Donald Gleason, Woody Harrelson, and Justin Theroux have been added to the cast of HBO's Watergate TV series from HBO's Veep writers, Alex Gregory and Peter Hoik. This is a really great cast, and honestly, I'm definitely going to watch this TV series. Veep is so good. Number three, as website Vulture has reported, actors Josh Gad and Isla Fisher have both been cast in the six-episode Peacock romantic comedy series, Wolf Like Me. Ooh, what a twist. I wonder if they're the couple. Number four, as website Collider reports, to all the boys I loved before actor Noah Centineo has been cast as a rookie CIA lawyer in a spy thriller series for Netflix. Oh, that's pretty cool. Another spy thriller series for Netflix, eh? Number five, as Variety reports, actors Walton Goggins and Omar Miller were both cast in the Apple TV Plus series adaptation of the Walter Mosley best-selling novel, The Last Days of Potomac Gray. I really like Walton Goggins. I'm not familiar with Omar Miller, but uh, right on for Walton Goggins and Omar Miller. Number six, as announced on creator Robert Kirkman's Twitter page, the animated series Invincible has been picked up by Amazon Prime for an additional two seasons. You bet your ass it has. Watch it, Amazon Prime Video, so good, so, so good. Number seven, as reported by Variety, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige stated in an interview that Marvel's Eternals, directed by Academy Award-winning director Chloe Zhao, is very much an ensemble film, with actress Gemma Chan's Cersei arguably playing the lead. It's kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy, and you know, technically like Star-Lord is the lead. But it's really an ensemble cast, baby. Number eight. As Variety reports, Midsommar actress Florence Pugh has been cast in the film adaptation of the psychological thriller Emma Donahue novel, The Wonder. Ooh, Florence Pugh is booming. She's huge now. I love it. Number nine. As Variety references, American crime story actor Finn Wittrock has been cast as lead character Guy Gardner in the upcoming HBO Max Green Lantern TV series. Oh my god, I can't believe this is actually happening. Number 10. As Variety has reported, after the box office success of Godzilla vs. Kong, director Adam Wingard is now in talks to direct the next film in the MonsterVerse universe. Mmm, kinda disappointing. Hopefully he adds more monsters and more action in his next flick. And more plot. 
And that concludes the montage. Plot, plot, plot. All right, Adrian. All right, Adrian. What do you got for me? What do you got? I got new releases for you. Okay, this is for the week. This is for the week okay, of May. Adrian, are you going to say what they are or what? This is for the week Adrian, of May. Adrian, come on. Come on, Adrian. What's going on? Why can't you speak? Listen here, Christopher Walken Closet. This is no, for May no, 3rd. Adrian. That doesn't sound like me. Uh, Christopher Walken sounds like this. Come on. Come on, Adrian. What are you doing? My friends, tell me what the new releases new releases are for the week of May 3rd to 9th. This is Melissa McCarthy. I know I I, I know Christopher Walken well, and that's not him. I just want to verify. Adrian, back on the mic. Thanks, Melissa. I'm glad you clarified that. So again, these are new releases for Melissa May the McCarthy's 3rd. McCarthy's to- not with you in that room. She's not with you in this episode. I know for a fact. We had to go through very, very specific COVID regulations, and there's no one else supposed to be at your house right now. Just you. Are you breaking those regulations, Adrian? Oh, you got me, you son of a gun. Do I have to start yelling at you like, like Tom Cruise on the set of Mission Impossible? Huh? Yes. Splice that in right now. Thank you for splicing that in, Simon. I didn't so splice this is, it in. This I didn't is splice shit in. Okay, let me just get to the goddamn new releases, man. Well, you can't. You don't want to start. Just tell me what they are. This is for May the third to May the ninth. The first movie that's coming out is coming out on Thursday, May the sixth. This is a movie called "And Tomorrow: The Entire World." It's a Netflix original movie about a law student who joins an anti-fascist group and then begins to find herself in more and more dangerous situations. Wow, incredible! Yeah. Absolutely. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Milestone, and it's coming out on Friday, May the 7th. All these movies, the rest of them, except for one more, are coming out on May the 7th, and the first one is Milestone. It's another Netflix original romp about an old trucker at risk of losing his job, a job that defines his character to a new intern. Wow. Mm-hmm. Monster is the next movie on this list, and it's a Netflix original movie. It is not the movie starring starring Charlize Theron from back in like 2003 or whatever year that movie came out in. This monster movie is not in relation to actual monsters. It's in relation to a black teen implicated in a murder who fights against a criminal justice system that's already judged him. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Deep stuff. The next movie that is coming out is a movie called The Boy from Medellin. 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 Medallion. The Boy from Medellin. Uh, This is an Amazon Prime video movie, and it's a documentary following Colombian reggaeton singer J Balvin in his life leading up to a concert in his hometown. Ooh. Yeah, never even heard of the man. Initiation is the next movie on this list, and this is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.theivanumbers.com, and the Apple TV app. This is a video-on-demand movie, and it's about a university that falls into absolute chaos after their star athlete gets murdered, and the slaying continues through the night. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I love murder movies. I'm going to watch Happy Death Day to you, I think, maybe today. I think it's on Netflix. Watch the first one. There you go. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. The next movie that is coming out is a movie called The Paper Tigers. This actually seems like a pretty interesting uh, premise. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.theheifenumbers.com and the Apple TV app, and it's a video-on-demand movie about three martial artists 
long out of their prime that get forced back in the world of martial arts after their teacher is found murdered. Oh, no. I know. It's so terrifying. I can't believe they're dead. The teacher. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Wrath of Man. And this is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Cineplex application that we have here in Canada. And this is going to theaters, believe it or not. This is Guy Ritchie's next action romp that stars Jason Statham. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Got Guy Ritchie. Guy, Guy Ritchie movie coming out this week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't see that coming for some reason. I think we did talk about this movie. We did. But it wasn't briefly. called Wrath of Man. It wasn't? It was something had the name. Didn't it have the word I in it? Wrath I Man? No, no. What? what? Why'd you just add I in the middle? No, it was a Wrath of completely. I? It was called Red Eye. Eye of Man. You might be right. I don't remember. I, I actually don't remember whatsoever. You think it is? Are you Googling it? I Are you looking it up? No, now I'm looking it up, but I don't recall. We, I, de- I think we definitely did report on this like way early, like months ago. Or Five Eyes? Five Eyes. That's what it was. I don't know if this mm. is the same movie, though. I don't know why I thought it was Red Eye. I'm pretty sure it's called Five Eyes. And now it's called Wrath of Man. Um, it says Five Eyes. Five Eyes is an upcoming spy film co-written and directed by Guy Ritchie, still starring Jason Statham. Maybe it's a, maybe they're doing two different movies? Possible. I think it is. I think it is. It is a different movie or it's the same movie? I think it's a different movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think so too, actually, because there's an untitled Guy Ritchie film that's talking about a global intelligence alliance. Okay, so that's got to be the one. A lot of a lot of crossover cast. Did you say what? What else is Wrath of Man? What, what is it about? Do you know? Um, it's it's about. Uh... I'll just read the IMDb description. The plot follows H, a cold and mysterious character working Ooh. at a cash truck company responsible for moving hundreds of millions of dollars around Los Angeles each week. Ooh, hundreds of millions. I feel like a lot, if not all, of Guy Ritchie's movies are fun. They're always fun times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still haven't watched The Gentleman, and that movie looked like a blast. It does. I really should watch that movie. It does look mm-hmm. like a blast, and it's got a great ca- uh, cast as well. Yeah. Cool. The next movie that is coming out is a movie called Here Today, and this is confirmed by Movie Insider in the trailer itself. This is coming out to theaters, and it's uh, Billy Crystal. And Tiffany Haddish, they star in this movie. It's a heartfelt comedy about a veteran comedy writer, that being Billy Crystal, forming an unlikely platonic bond with a stranger, that stranger being Tiffany Haddish. And she helps him through a tough part of his life. Hmm. I see. I I have seen this one. And I think we did talk about this one a little bit earlier on in our podcast. It's crazy how these movies are actually, we've done this podcast for so long now. Some of these movies are actually coming back after we reported on them, which I think is kind of cool. It's kind of cool. It's neat. It's neat. Look at us. Yeah, it's neat. Look at us. Look at us. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Me. You? Not I me. I would have thought. I got the foresight, baby. And the last movie coming out this week is coming out on Saturday, May the 8th, and it's a movie called Super Me. It's a Netflix original movie. It's about a screenwriter who discovers he has the power to bring in antiques he dreams of into the real world and begins to sell them for a profit. However, things aren't what they seem. <laughs> they never are, are they? Never. Never. <laughs> never. Never. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. Anything else? That's it. That's all, baby. That's it. That's all. We're done. That's we all the no movies. More. That's all Coming the movies. Out for the, the week of May 3rd to 9th. 
Yeah, other than like limited releases that are only like separate, like that are in specific areas. Yeah, I see. I mm-hmm. see. Well, that's actually the end of our regular schedule. Scheduled. Our regular scheduled uh, scroll scroll gramming, Adrian. It's a brisk one. That's a brisk lemon iced tea. Yep. One. Programming is done. We've 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 hit all the points we wanted to make in this particular episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. Imagine if you didn't have that tale to tell at the beginning of the show. This would have been like a forty minute episode. I wasn't ready for that tale, to be honest. I wasn't prepared. And that's kind of why it was an a linear tale. You can tell that it's, it's a linear. I jumped around a little bit in the story, but I feel like I told it like Christopher Nolan and I told it well. <laughs> yeah, man. You definitely did. Or like one of the first movies to ever do an A-linear storyline. I was My story was almost as great as the movie Citizen Kane. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, your story was better. I knew you were going to do that. I was going to say I'm kidding because you hate Citizen Kane, so there's mm-hmm. no way you're not going to say that my story is not better. Fun fact about Citizen Kane it's just been dethroned on Rotten Tomatoes as a perfect movie. What do you mean? Because a review from like over 80 years ago came out bashing the movie. So it's not 100% on Rotten Tomatoes anymore. That doesn't surprise me that people would not like that movie back then, though. Because things mm-hmm. that do things different change things that change things. They, uh, I feel like they don't always get reviewed amazingly. But you mean yeah. the throne, like the throne does not as in it's not 100% anymore. It's not a hundred percent anymore. You know what you want to know what is now the most the, the most number one movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Stagecoach. Paddington Two is the best rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes. What about Stagecoach? The most reviews at a hundred percent. But what about Stagecoach? I don't know what Stagecoach is. Well, you should, you know, get educated, Adrian. Because Stagecoach is an incredible western. From nineteen eighty six? Yeah, directed by John Ford. Oh, look at this. Starring John Wayne. Uh, it has no reviews. However, it's a 42% audience score. What is? So it's definitely Stagecoach. What are you talking about? On Rotten Tomatoes? Are you, are you just trying to say that you don't know how to research properly? Or are you making a joke? I can't tell. Maybe I clicked on the wrong one. Maybe I clicked on the wrong one. From 1966? You just clicked a random thing. From 1939? 1939, Adrian, not 1966. Well, I, I literally said a year. I said from 1986? And then there was a 1966 one? Yeah, so Stagecoach, that's 100% with 45 reviews. Paddington, however, is 100% with 244 reviews. That means nothing. It means something. It means that it's the best rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes. It's irrelevant, though. Everyone likes Paddington. So it's not really, it doesn't mean it's a clinical, like, you know, it's not, it's not a, a directing clinic. You know what I mean? It's not. Well, Simon, you want to know what that means? It means that it's the best goddamn rated movie on Ron Tomatoes. That's that's the only point I was trying to make. I was trying to make the point that Citizen Kane is no longer the best rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes, that the best rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes now is Paddington 2. That's all I was trying to say. Fine. Say- you can say that all you want, but it means nothing because Rotten Tomatoes doesn't always get it right. It doesn't they got get it right for Paddington 2. They did. They got it right you know there. What? You know what? It's fine. It's fine. But it isn't the greatest movie ever made. It is. I I would make that it's argument. Just a, it's just a movie about a bear. How dare you? And it's a delightful movie. It's a delightful movie. But how dare you? It's not the greatest movie ever. It is. It's one of them. You I think it's the, the greatest movie ever. You think it's greater than? I'm sure you think it's greater than Citizen Kane. And I feel like this is a dumb argument because you just don't like Citizen Kane. And there's no way I'm going to convince you that it's a great movie. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. You Batman said it was it. overrated. I'm just gonna just gonna talk briefly about this. You said that Citizen Kane is overrated. It is, and yeah. the fact that you said that is just is, is silly. Like a lot of movies have done what they've done now, but that mm-hmm. movie was ahead of its time at that time, which okay. makes that movie impossible to be overrated because it was just rated at the time because it was doing something unique. No, it's still overrated. How it's overrated now in today's context? It is in today's context. You have to look at it with every every angle. You have to realize mm-hmm. where where it started out, and it was reviewed very well back then. That's good. Still overrated. Okay, that's fair. I just think you don't like black and white movies, and you're biased against them, and that's what's happening here. That's a lie. I've I've loved I loved the lighthouse. I love lighthouse. I love lamp. I love lamp. Okay, good for you. I'm glad you love lamps. But yeah, now I love uh, I loved the lighthouse. Black okay, and white. Sure. Four three movie baby. All good. Boom. Point proven wrong. I don't know if it's proven wrong. There's yeah, you got is. a bias. I think you got a bias. I don't know. It's just I don't know. I just don't. Thank you for listening to the 44th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Edie, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey guys, it's me, Adrian. I'm about to sign off. And uh, like I said, Baddington 2, best rated movie of all time, arguably one of the best movies of all time. Another movie that's really good, however. It's a movie called Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman, definitely worth a $25 a month subscription uh, to any platform, honestly. I highly recommend it. Batman v Superman, great movie. Thank you very much. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. What a contradictory angle that would be. The 28% movie that's rated on Rotten Tomatoes, and you said that Paddington 2 is the greatest movie, maybe one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. But your argument for that was that it's great on Rotten Tomatoes. No, that was never my argument. But meanwhile... The movie you're comparing it to, Batman vs. Superman, is a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. That was never my so, argument, Simon. That was never my argument. Pick a lane. Pick a lane, Adrian. Goodbye. That was never my argument, you you freaking butt. You goddamn butt. That's what you are. Cheeto-looking-ass bitch. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're not a cheeto-looking-ass bitch. I don't even know why I would say that. It's not nice. I'm sorry.